Hey guys, it's Mark and join with me today will be Daniel. In this podcast, we're going to cover the topic of what sort of advice you would provide your younger self and how different things play a different part. So this includes your mindset, your environment, your character and your relationship. What I've kind of done is like, what is one of the, you know, the first five things or that I would start teaching a person to get them to say where we are now or where you know, I was at 19 or 21 or 23 and where I want to be at 25, like what are the steps that you need to, uh, and pieces of knowledge you need to understand to actually get to those, to those places. And they're kind of like, they're all like barriers of entry, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you need to know these to actually start progressing. Cause if you don't know them. Yeah. You don't, you know what, this will, this will, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a really good approach. I think as a fun exercise, let's, Let's paint a picture for, for the people watching it and for the audience. What were you doing at 17, 18? And, and I'll sort of do the same thing and then they'll give context and then we can go into, um, like we can explore some of the topics a bit more. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm really lucky. So yeah. 17 and 18 is like not as young for me because I met Dylan around that age. So yeah. Dylan was my mentor, Arsa was my mentor and he, you know, kind of, taught me these things, yeah. uh, allowed me to kind of have a different view of what the world actually is. But for the benefit of the listeners, um, like uh, tell, tell them who, who's Dylan. Uh, oh, so yeah. Dylan, well, where I met Dylan, met Dylan at uh, Nando's. That's when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, around yeah. there. Um, we started progressing into some more uh, investing and trading kind of sectors while also uh, building my self-development yeah. uh, kind of journey. Uh, and now we're all in, uh, you know, there's obviously hundreds of things in the middle, but kind yeah. of catching up to where we are now. Uh, we're all at home. Uh, we're really, really lucky to, you know, be doing, in, uh, to be investing and, you know, trading on the stock market full time. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to have those regular jobs anymore. And we're still essentially our, uh, main goal is to financially educate a lot of the world and, you know, essentially reverse engineer that, be the person you needed when you were younger and kind of help as many of those people coming through that age group and help them realize financial freedom. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he's kind of the, well, we like to say he's, he's the brains of the operation around here. Yeah, 100%. So, like, 100%. He's, yeah, so he's, um, yeah, big inspiration for all of us, I reckon. Yeah, I think I think like you were saying that um, you guys were working at Nando's and at the time, you know, you sort of just you, you straight away strike you as like a really interesting character, uh, someone who was, you know, a couple of years older than you had already started the, the journey in finances. Uh, what was it like your priorities at the time? Like what were um, what were your loose goals or what were you kind of what took a lot of your attention in terms of what do I want at that time? Even back then, like loose goal, goals were like <laughs> so such a taboo topic. It's like, oh, you create yeah. goals? What the? F- Why do you have goals? You just want, you should yeah. just be partying and, and thinking about yeah, drinks and girls. Like but <laughs> I, I guess you know I came come from like a middle class, if that makes sense. So not crazy poor. I had you know just enough um, without having too much, if that makes sense. And yeah. I kind of realized that I wanted a hell of a lot more than that in the world. Yeah. Um, Purely for just reasons that I did want more. There's nothing yeah. wrong with wanting the nicer things in life. And, you know, that's developed into also wanting to help other people get that. But, yeah, 
that's pretty much where I was. There was no real vision. There was no real idea. There was just, Jesus, I want more than this. Yeah. Uh, and someone was kind of, someone as in Dylan was kind of preaching, well, I mean, it's actually possible. You yeah. got to go down this journey though. This is the most probabilistic, successful way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and dude's quirky, bro. <laughs> you know, one of the things that actually drew me to him um, is that he just knows a little bit about everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. and for when I was younger, like 15 and whatnot, mm-hmm. I would do that, but like egotistically. Yeah. Like, oh, I know a little bit of everything. I know <laughs> everything. Was. But, you know, obviously that's not actually true. Yeah. Um, until you actually start doing the knowledge and then, you know, it works out to to actually understand a fair bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, interesting, man. <laughs> well, I know Dylan from Nando's. Where? How do you know him? That's a good question. So, I, um, I think the first time I seen Dylan was actually through, through this series that you guys made through YouTube. Believe it or not. So you guys, really? Yeah. So you guys kind of told the origin stories of like, you know how. Um, Oh, I think it was mostly sort of focused on Dylan and how he started um, Hardcore yeah. Head Start. And, yeah. you know, it showed kind of you guys were at the, the old house and he was working long hours and, like, working at Nando's and, like, you know, sort of building the stuff on the side, allowed him to invest in um, kind of, like, the mindset stuff. Um, mm. And then from there, I was just like, fuck, these guys, like, these guys sound like they're going through, like, a similar thing to myself. Um but then I was like, fuck, are these guys, they're obviously Australians, but are they from like Melbourne? And then I heard like the Springvale or, or something kind of hinted that you guys were, were kind of somewhat local, right? Yeah. Um, and then I reached out to um, Dylan and and I think uh, Sam, uh, like Samir as well. And like you guys sort of just mentioned you were like, uh, you were keen to catch up. And that was kind of like interesting because imagine you reached out to someone who was like an influencer or something on on youtube right obviously yeah. like you guys hadn't gone that big but they're they all like the first usually there's a bit of back and forth oh yeah how you going like you know oh yeah that's yeah. great that you're also doing a channel but imagine they go hey we should catch up this month at the dojo yeah. <laughs> like yeah that kind of goes from like casual to like oh fuck like this guy wants to meet in person yeah um so then, like, that was the thing that striked me. And then um, we, we had, like, sort of similar interests. I was getting into crypto and investing in Bitcoin and that sort of stuff at that time. Um, and then kind of loosely, we said, let's catch up. But, like, because I found out logistically you guys were on the other side, you know, over the bridge, like, more than an hour away. I was like, mm, this is probably not going to not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I stopped talking to you guys for a while. And then... Yeah. Um, I thought of Dylan again because I saw one of his posts around eToro and I was getting into um, investing on that platform and I thought, hey, maybe maybe I'll offer to use his affiliate link. Um, yeah. And then that started the conversation again and that's that's how I um, how I decided. Yeah, crazy. But this is, mind you, this was three years apart so maybe I'd matured and gone, fuck it, I'm going to make the effort to meet people even yeah. if it's, it's, it's kind of like... You know, it takes uh, more effort on my end. Dude, but we've been we've only been mates since like the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's been the start of the year, like properly. Yeah, literally, like six months feels a lot longer. Yeah, <laughs> like that's I don't give people credit a lot, but like you're yeah. like the kind of person you are 
it is it, it's simply why like you just fit in here so well because we're all the same yeah like you just resonate with us and you know like what have what month is it dude i don't even know Christ, yeah. June. <laughs> you know, six months or something yeah you've you for six months and like your family immediately that, that that doesn't happen often with a lot of people yeah i don't feel or i feel like it's based on some fundamental lie it's yeah. like, oh, I like this person or someone introduced me, blah, blah, blah. It's like yeah. effort was put in to actually make this interaction. You know, it was three years of kind of hello and then in distant communication. Mm. And now three years later, you're at our house every single weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The first first two months, I was like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I like hanging out with these guys. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it's just fun, man. Yeah. I mean, I like... To put things into context, like it was like an hour drive, like going to see you guys every weekend and then an hour drive back. But like, I think straight away you guys recognized that. So you, you like, you made me sort of feel comfortable and like, you know, you guys just did um, really hospitable like things, like sort of, um, and it made me want to sort of, you know, keep hanging out and spending time with you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Now we try to try to think of, you know, that emotional intelligence side of thing. A lot of people don't. Some, some people just don't have it. Yeah. But, you know, we, we try and try and put ourselves in the other person's shoes and, you know, driving an hour away, you know, costing petrol, costing that amount of time. Yeah. You know, your time is important. Your capital is important, which means, you know, mm. it's important to you, which means it's important to us and something we need to think of. So, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. I think, and- I think that segues really well into like um, something that I want to sort of go deep into later, but just... Um, it got me thinking one of the things um, like to paint the picture for me when I was 18 right the things that was going through my head was like I need to um, especially like with Facebook coming out and like all the sort of these big tech companies coming out and being in the western world you got this um, entrepreneur the idea of entrepreneurship and being a, a self-made person started that that kind of concept started becoming popular in 2008 which is when I was, when I turned 18, just to put things in perspective, right? Um, and I, being sort of very, um, what's the word? Like, uh, when, when someone has like, uh, influence over you when you're young, like impressionable, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. when you're 18, you're very impressionable. So these loose concepts become like fixated in your mind. And I had an unhealthy attachment to this idea that I had to be great. I had to be, um, in order to have self-worth, I needed to be respected. I needed needed to be someone who created, you know, being that 1% and be like better than everyone kind of thing. And that was a really unhealthy place to be. Um, and like a lot of like, you know, 18-year-olds, you, you blame sort of your environment when you don't feel kind of like you've achieved what you've got. So like I started blaming it on like, you know, if I was unhappy, and, and then I got this, it moved on to this un, unhealthy um, feelings of being, you know, like chasing happiness. Like, I'm not happy, therefore it's the people around me, or therefore it's it's something going on, right? So I'd blame my close friends, I'd blame my, you know, my, my partner at the time, I'd blame, you know, whoever I could. And, and not like directly, but I was just like, I don't think it's you, but being around you hasn't helped. Maybe I'll try this. And I kept like hopping around and like trying to, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and that kind of made me realize that as soon as you kind of find 
people that are, you know, like positive people, people that feel like family, you stop having those kind of feelings, like those negative sort of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things on my list is literally that. That's really? hilarious. Yeah, it's environment. And in, uh, I think people, like you're, yeah, you've articulated that perfectly, but people hear the quote a lot. You know, you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most or that kind of, show me your friends, I'll show you your future or that kind of crap, right? That cliche, but, yeah. Yeah, all that cliche crap. But, yeah. you know, the underlying factor there is environment is important. Yeah. You know, the environment you kind of surround yourself with yeah. can seriously impact, you know, your mental diet. It can impact, you know, how you feel, as you're saying. Yeah. Like, dude, if you find people who, you know, are trying to move in similar directions with yeah. the correct amount of like health attached to it, like they're not going disgustingly unhealthily with negative energy and it's all like I'm number one and no one else is going to exist yeah and like I think maybe what you're trying to touch on as well is like community as well right yeah 100% it's like having, having that community there of you know like-minded people which is something we're trying to do you yeah. know it's something together is yes it's unfathomably important hmm so that's a big word. Let's, crazy. Let's 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 elaborate on that a bit more. So, like, what what was the actual what was the point that you had there? So, it was it was around environment or was it around community? So, what was the uh, like? I guess the piece of advice. So I I use, um, kind of like that quote of you're the average of five people you're around, but I don't associate with just the people. I, I associate with the actual larger environment. Yeah. You know, if you're putting yourself in precarious situations or uh, situations that don't match the person you think you are now and think you want the person you want to be in five to 10 years, then yeah. simply you're not going to become that person in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. And I, for, for a long time there, when I was 17, 18, even, you know, even 19, even up until a couple of years ago, I would have one foot in and one foot out. Hmm. And then slowly that foot in grew larger and it, came, it grew to two feet, grew to two feet, you know? Hmm. So, it's you can't have both yeah which is the unfortunate way of the world you you can't have you know negative kind of environment around you where you're going out and doing all that kind of partying and then also mm -hmm. sacrificing and growing at the same time yeah 100% the things it kind of just tip doesn't balance wise it just doesn't make sense yeah and i think just adding to that like when when you're kind of like a little bit younger 17 or 18 you've got responsibilities of school and you might have a part-time job but you still have a lot of time to choose how you spend your time with people and you kind of yeah. just go with the flow and in contrast as you get older you have more responsibilities and you actually find that you have less time so you have to choose where you spend your time more carefully uh, and that's where it becomes more important hey yeah absolutely i mean Um, you know, meeting Dylan and Dylan kind of, you know, a, a progress and accelerate my progress, if that makes sense. I can't mm -hmm. say I'd be here today without, but, you know, using and understanding those lessons that you have to really, really apply oneself and environment is that important. I think it's, 
yeah, it's probably one of the reasons like we're doing this podcast and actually having communications or having like doing any kind of you know content on on these on these topics is because I went through that and I find it so important mm. to really help people who are going through that right now because there's some people who are trying to progress and they're also trying to do both. Like I, I know that feeling of all right, I want to go hang out with these friends because I like them. I go and have a really really good time, but I want to be a you know self sufficient financially free. Uh, wisdom I mean guru is a terrible word but <laughs> want to be <laughs> guru is a shit word yeah. but you know I, I want I want to be as intelligent as I possibly can be so that I can you know help as many people eventually yeah. uh, things just don't match you know what I mean I guess like maybe like another way said is you you want to have like the knowledge when people come to you with the questions and you, you like have those answers um, like yeah. around the uh, speci- specifically around like finances yeah yeah when because I think, unfortunately, you know, it it, it kind of, it's like a domino effect. When you're 17, 18, you kind of start down that road and then you kind of continue down that road, continue down that road, continue down that road. And then you top, you know, t- uh, unfortunate personal finances on top of it where you, then you've got hex debt, you've got, you know, mortgages, you've got getting married and, you know, kids at a young age, all those kind of things. And you kind of get stuck. Yeah. You just, you just, you simply just get stuck, and you know, and the the way out is, you know, considerably harder when you've got all those responsibilities. Yeah. You know, so being able to kind of, I guess, prioritize and be all, you know, I speak a lot about having one foot in one side and one foot in the other for yeah. a few years there, where I, I, you know, I, I could have, if I applied oneself, you know, progressed a lot quicker. Yeah. And quite simply wanting to, what's that Miley Cyrus song? The John Wrecking Ball. What, what, what is it? <laughs> Not Wrecking Ball. <laughs> um, that was going to be fucking bad. Guy. What is I'm, this I, shit? I'm the, I'm the last one to ask, ask about Miley yeah, Cyrus, mate. Fuck, I don't know Miley Cyrus. I don't even know why I bring that up. I don't even know the song. What's wrong how, with me? How, how about this, yeah? Uh, why don't you ask me a question and then we'll just pretend like we're, we're continuing the podcast? fantastic idea <laughs> like like this never like the cutout never happened like a cutout just never happened yeah. just move the fuck on yeah yeah fantastic yeah. um so i guess one thing i wanted to kind of bring up um that i think is wildly important is standards yeah so you know there's a there's a really really good example of andy jassy the now ceo of amazon shadowing uh jeff bezos yeah. And him finding, he always thought, Andy Jassy always thought that he had very, very, very high standards. You know, he is the, you know, founder, or he's a CEO, well, he was the CEO, sorry, he was running um, AWS, Amazon Web Services, which is, you know, the, the money maker for Amazon. Yeah. And he, you know, he was running that, he, he actually created that as well. And then he started shadowing uh, Jeff Bezos. And he says in an interview that he, Jeff Bezos' standards are so much higher than Andy Jassy could believe that it was just like uncomprehendable. Like he was like blown away with how high he had his standards that even, you know, the person running AWS, Mm. arguably one of the most, you know, profitable things in the world was, didn't have a standards as high. So I've tried to mirror something similar for myself and 
you know, obviously I, I don't have the same high, uh, standards as Jeff Bezos because she... We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you daughter. for that. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I appreciate it very much. But, you know, it's in the small small details and everything I do, I try and um, continue to progress my standards and make sure I'm increasing my standards. Yeah. And I, at a young age, I think for me, my standards were just, oh, if I... Dude, if I kicked a goal, I was like, oh, I'm the greatest of all time. Simple. I like, that's it. Don't care. Yeah. I'm the greatest. So I, I'm interested how your standards have evolved over time. Yeah. I, I think like, it's interesting you say that because it, it, it seems like um, while maybe a little bit misplaced, you, you had like a, a reasonably good self, uh, self-esteem, self like sort of like this sense of like, hey, just kick the goal. I'm the fucking best. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like absolutely no fucking, like it's just fun, fundamentally built yeah. on nothing. I think I was a little bit like the opposite. So I, I kind of, um, I, 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 I was probably more of like a quiet achiever. So when I did achieve things, I'd, I'd be quietly confident, but often I'd kind of dwarf my own um, like achievements rather than like kind of seek. Cause I, I had this kind of idea that, you know, you had to be humble, but there's a difference between being humble and like almost like deprecation, almost like putting yourself down to make other people feel better about themselves or like like that sort of thing, you're going too far. Um, I think self-esteem was a big issue for me like um, through throughout my 20s and, and it's probably something that I've, I've gotten more comfortable with probably only in the last like maybe three or four years. Um, I've been able to sort of, uh, it's more of like an internal battle than it is like something that maybe like people might pick up on straight away. People kind of just read it as uh, he's a little bit shy, um, mm-hmm. but I think yeah, big. Um, what one of the things I've got down here is um, around friendship. So building on on the idea of like choosing your right tribe and like building like like choosing and finding meaning in friendships, that kind of leads to a stronger sense of self-esteem. Whereas like if you're sort of around the wrong kind of people or or you don't have a circle that is good at expressing love, right? And, and like affirming achievements, then you can kind of have a bit of, you know, you're stuck with your own thoughts or might, maybe you've got like just people, uh, maybe not, um, like I had friends, they never directly said I was bad at anything. So that wasn't the cause of my self-esteem issues, but it was more they would complain about other people and talk about how crap like other people were outside of our circle. And that was enough to kind of get me thinking like maybe I'm crap at certain things, right? And like just being in that environment. So sometimes it's not even direct like, you know, hey, um, why? It it, it was more like, like, you know, look at this guy trying to do that. He's, He's not achieving anything. Why does he even bother kind of thing? So like, you know, someone who's trying to set out to run their own business or or kind of run a podcast or whatever right it wasn't directly like aimed at me but that kind of gave me a sense of um maybe where i'm placing my focus is kind of misguided um and and like in in contrast to how i feel now it's like i'd say 90 percent of the time i feel loved and 90 percent of the time i feel like I'm, i'm in a in, in an environment where I don't even have to try to, to kind of have positive thoughts. So mm. I don't know if that's just growth or if it's environment, but I honestly think it's 
when you spend the most time with people who are just positive and you know sort of um, there to encourage you you only have those thoughts and you don't have to try to have those thoughts and like you know instead I was I was hanging around um, people who, who who had kind of not much positive to say around people around them so I was constantly trying things like meditation and I was looking for ways to kind of quiet my mind and and it's just like no you don't have to spend hours meditating you just need to find a group of people that are you know positive and and like good you know what i mean so yeah i think yeah, yeah. so did self-esteem kind of affect the way you built standards or the way you the standards you created for yourself because you thought well a person of my lack of self-esteem and a person like what i believe i can do my standards can't be that high because quite simply it's not achievable yeah i i think um I set this down in terms of like starting to say no to things, right? So like, um, I'm going to focus on, um, I'm going to focus on, for example, not not spending a lot of money at restaurants where like, you know, let's say if a friend was going to spend a hundred dollars in a restaurant, I'd be more open and I started getting into those conversations of, you know, like I'm trying to save money. So I don't, I don't want to spend that much. I, I want to hang out with you, but I want to, I don't want to spend that much. Um, and then I started getting better at like um, maybe cutting out the really toxic people in my life. But then there were still people that were like I'd been friends for a long time and I, I, I wasn't sure how to kind of manage that. And my sort of younger self had this kind of like it was all or nothing. Like you have to cut people out. You know, anything that's bad, you just got to cut, 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 right? Yeah, but then yeah. I kind of realized that, you know, people don't have to have the exact same goals as you for you to kind of be around them but you might want to limit how much time you see them so like if you've got someone who's who's really insecure and they're always complaining about how bad the environment is but they're still your your friend or your your brother or your family even right doesn't mean you cut them out but you might see them less frequently because then they they start sucking your energy and your positivity and you know they make you more like them yeah so, i've definitely done some of that limiting stuff i guarantee yeah and so, and it's not all or nothing uh, I, I find limiting kind of you know resolves a lot of yeah. those yeah i think that the mistakes i made with limiting were trying to uh, maybe preach or kind of send the, the same messages but in those environments in those limited environments yeah so i was like hey you know i'm a big we are a big proponent of investing you know we think it's you know the kid of it's really really important for your finances um, you know, in those environments, when I'm limiting the amount I would see them, I would then push, you know, hey, make sure you're investing. Hey, this is how you get invested. Hey, what do you think about this investing principle? And simply just not the correct environment to be pushing anything like that. It doesn't it simple, simply doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it wasn't until I kind of really, really limited and restricted and intentionally pulled back on all of those relationships that it was like, oh, okay, this guy's actually different. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't see us once a month. Like he, he's actually different. That's why. Yeah. So I think, I mean, in the business that we are as well, like of, you know, education and um, being, you know, as per se, you know, experts in our field, mm. it's important to uh, kind of send a message and like an environment like this is obviously educational and f like informational. It's, correct environment to be able to send a message yeah 
there are like being in the back of a pub at 10 p.m at night saying hey please invest people can't see the you're a different person how the hell would you know to invest when you're sitting right next to them doing the same damn thing it doesn't make sense yeah so i think maybe tying like that environment thing off as well like it's yeah that's how i see environment environment's everything I think what what you said is pretty interesting. The the thing that came to my mind um, when you talked about being in the environment of of like education and um, and sort of like having the right right people around you, I had like ideas sometimes where I'd, I'd kind of just throw them out. Like, hey, you know, I'd say to maybe the wrong people, let's let's you know, I'd, I'd go up to let's let's uh, go up to one of my friends and be like, hey, I think we could make some money building websites, like really basic websites and sell them for like $200 a pop. But I'd say it yeah. to someone who'd just shut down that idea and be like, yeah, I guess like it sounds like a good idea, but like uh, it's going to be a bit yeah. hard. I don't think it's going to work. This The number one thing I'd always get was there's so many websites out there. Why should we do websites? There's so many podcasts out there. Why should we do podcasts? There's so many YouTube channels out there. What do you yeah. think is going to make your one big? Compare that to being in an environment like the one, like the community that we have around us. All we hear is literally, dude, that's fucking sick. Like you'd be so good at it. Um, it's going to take work. Um, have you thought about this? And they're building on your ideas rather than shutting it down at the first suggestion of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's imperative because, you know, coming up with ideas, again, is related to self-esteem and confidence and all that. And, you know, being vulnerable enough to kind of put those out there into the community and then, you know, someone shutting it down. Like, yeah. that's, that's a scary thought. So when you have a community like ours and exactly like you said, you know, we try to find the holes, but our intention behind what we're doing is because we want the best, say, for you. Yeah. So if you bring an idea and we go, hey, have you thought of X, Y, and Z? It's not because, you know, we think the idea is shit or we think the idea is, you know, bloody, I mean, any kind of characteristic of the sun, but we want it to progress for you to either realize, hey, maybe not the best idea. Yeah. Which will then leave into, you know, lead into your education more. Mm. Or it will turn into a great idea that we want you to pursue even more because it's going to help you learn even more. It's going to, I mean, make you some money, which would be great. Yeah. Um, and you know, it helps us all as a, as a community. It's, there's no point in shutting down an idea immediately because then you just ruin someone's confidence and you ruin their like creative kind of ability to come up with ideas because every time they associate coming up with ideas, they associate it with criticism yeah right so you need to be intentional in your way of like okay that's not a bad idea but have you thought about x y and z competitive advantage have you thought about i mean every business principle in the sun and i think a lot of people again like playing the maybe the avocado on that is a lot of people come up with ideas but they don't think about them deeply enough yeah yeah that, that so they bring an idea and then they're like that's shit <laughs> like have you actually but it, instead of dealing with it in a way like that shit, you need to kind of Provide uh, intentionally give constructive criticism, if that makes sense. Like oh, yeah. th this is not, I said you a few times there, that doesn't, that's not fair. The noise doesn't make sense. Like yeah. I've come up with ideas. 
I'm like, this is the greatest business of idea of all time. Like yeah. done. You know, we're going to be billies. I said, <laughs> uh, you know, I go and I go and communicate it to someone or like, what do you think of this? Yeah. You have no, no, no idea the amount of times I'm like, it's not like, oh my God, I suck. It's like far out. There's so much more to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think, think. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, you definitely don't want to, you know, give the illusion that like it's 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 easy and and you can you can like just run with the idea completely, but at the yeah. same time you don't want to shut things down. So it's kind of find that balance of, hey, that's a good idea, and getting them to think about, okay, what haven't they thought about but not necessarily yeah. shut down and choke the idea before it, it kind of grows. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one day that person who's creative enough to come up with that idea is, is going to have the education or the knowledge level to be able to come up with something that's just brilliant. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd if say, you shut them down immediately. I'd say the reason why I think it's such a big thing though to like if, if you had to choose between like giving criticism and just encouraging people to run with an idea... I'd still lean towards encouraging the idea because I feel like with a lot of young people, insecurities is a big thing. So like a lot of, um, uh, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of, especially when you're kind of younger, like 18, 19, you're worried about what other people think a lot more than when you sort of, you know, grow up and and grow, grow older and you kind of realize that most people only really care about themselves than than like your your kind of ideas they might kind of tease you about your ideas but it's only the kind of like in that moment it's not like an ongoing thing so mm. yeah I'd, I'd say like i guess that's a good segue into like another like one of my uh a piece of advice for my younger self would be for 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 a 20 something year old take more risk right like literally if you think about someone who's like 20 you've got from the age of 20 until say like for males it's it's like 75 or 80 or females are 85 90 you've got 70 years to make decisions right where would you make your biggest where would you take the biggest risk would it be in your 20s your 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s right the 20s are literally the time where you literally can make the worst mistakes ever and bounce back from them because you still have the next 50 60 years to to kind of work that out right so i i think a piece of advice would be to be more creative in in sense of like taking risk and try to express yourself um i'd say that probably um what yeah one one big piece of advice would be yeah express yourself um creatively um whether that's through you know trying um to do what we're doing now, like in terms of like podcasting, making like sort of content um, on Instagram or YouTube, um, creating content around a hobby or, or, you know, just trying to express yourself. It might even be, um, it might even be going to your like local um, speaking clubs where you can present and practice your speaking and, and that sort of thing as well because it paves way for communication which then helps pave way for um, more, more, you know, being able to express yourself a bit more. Absolutely. Dude, that's beautiful. So like, can't really, <laughs> can't really unpack that any further. That's beautiful. <laughs> God, damn. 
Yeah. I think um, maybe like being that 20 year old who's going to take risks, be intentional, be intentional about, you know, limiting your macro responsibilities so that you can take those risks. Yeah. You don't want to set yourself up with the responsibilities of a 30 to 40 year old at, at 20. Yeah. Because then you kind of limit your, yeah, you, you limit your years to take those risks, which is, you know, really, 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 it's probably actually probably one of the biggest problems in the world at the moment. Yeah. So people try and get to that stage of 30, 40 way too, way too quick. So they do things that, you know, mortgage, et cetera, that kind of, you know, really tie them down. Yeah. Which don't allow them, don't allow them to, to, uh, to take those risks. And I think maybe you might agree with this because you're, you're a touch older, but experiment, mm. try different things. Yeah. I literally, yeah, I literally have that as one of my, one of my things. So it's, oh, really? it's number one on my, on my advice to myself is <laughs> that's crazy. Explore, I think it builds upon that. Explore more and experience more seek novelty seek discomfort that's that's my that's my 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 first tip (laughs) but i think yeah it builds upon that perfectly Mm. i believe yeah like maybe it's it's a great segue to go straight into to that a little deeper but Mm. you know find as naval says find what's you know play to you and work for others okay so like uh, a question for yourself um at 18, what sort of things do you feel like, I'm putting you a bit on the spot here, but what um, what additional experiences or what kind of things do you feel like you could have maybe um, tasted or tried or, or experienced a bit more like at the age of like 18, 19? Yeah, I wish I... Um, one of the big pivotal moments for myself was having perspective um, of kind of other people's situations visually. Uh, and I got that by going over to Bali uh, and kind of, you know, seeing the poverty in, in Gili T. Gili T is a small island. It's a couple of hours off the mainland um, where, you know, they've got no cars. They've only got horses to travel and bicycles. And, you know, the middle of the island is a uh, literally a tip. That's where all the rubbish goes. And, you know, there's, you know, all the locals live around there in like, I don't know, two by two, plywood huts with corrugated iron roofs they drink water out of a well um which is like just i mean the amount of diseases in that water i couldn't even tell you i guarantee so yeah uh, having the ability to see that perspective i didn't get to didn't get to see that until i was two two years ago so probably 22 so i didn't put a high priority on traveling yeah um so i wish i did a little bit more of kind of that, you know, soul searching experience of traveling at that age, um, not going crazy with it because I see a lot of people, you know, potentially going to Europe and spending ridiculous amounts of money on, you know, traveling for three months or six months or whatever, yeah. doing intelligently still and actually having an intention going to find and seek out, you know, some maybe some perspective shifts. Yeah. But I wish I did a little bit more of that. I wish I did it a little bit earlier. But there's also a case to make maybe I wasn't ready at that age to be able to actually understand that perspective shift. So maybe I did it perfectly at 22. Yeah, no, no I think I think it's a good one. Definitely. Um, I, I'd, uh, even now, I'd say like traveling as soon as, as you can 
like like feasibly um, without setting yourself up into you know major debt right it's kind of finding a balance but having intentional money set aside for traveling with plans to have intentional traveling plans right so if you're being part of somebody else's travel plan someone else's itinerary you might find yourself down at the gold coast you know every year spending two thousand dollars on on the same things or or equally you might you might go overseas and go to europe or, or go to asia and find the australian bars and drink the australian beers and like literally yeah. experience australia overseas it's like why are you doing it you know so i think yeah makes sense. having a goal from your traveling like trying to find perspective trying to experience new cultures um and, and sort of embracing the culture and and like experiencing without judgment the places you're visiting yeah i think i mean you i, I, I would love to, to hear a little bit more about your traveling experiences yeah um maybe share like the craziest perspective you've had yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I think um, my first trip wasn't f- uh, wasn't until I was, I think, twenty one. Um, first, so you trip- did a fair bit, right? Yeah, I, I did a lot of Southeast Asia, but I haven't, um, I haven't sort of uh, outside of Japan. I haven't um, traveled any anywhere else. So it's it's mostly been Asia. So one of the mm-hmm. common themes was definitely. Like in the beginning, it was kind of like that novelty of like, hey, you know, this place is completely different to to Melbourne, you know, to the Western world. You've got, um, number one, your dollar goes a lot further. So like being able to experience a, a different energy in a different city, population is way more dense, being able to buy like coffees and drinks for like, you know, 30 cents and being able to buy meals for like two or three dollars. It was just, you're living like a king. And that's mm. what the focus is when you're young, right? But then you also see the other side, you know, it quickly gives you a contrast whether you, you want to see it or not. You see poor people hustling and you see people living their lives and, and you see them going through what's normal for them while you're making these choices of like, you know, I can have two meals just because, cause, you know, the meals only cost $3, yeah. you know, I can have three meals. So like you quickly find that, yeah, I feel some people don't though. Yeah, Sorry, some people don't. I feel, I feel yeah. some people don't realize that. <laughs> yeah, like well, you mm. know, you know, we build a character in a way where you know we would notice the fact that if we can spend this amount of money and get this like such little money and get crazy returns, that it's you know it's amazing for us, but there's a downside to it, and that's because these people are struggling. Yeah, I I think, I think they would just yeah think of themselves as kings. Yeah, I, 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 there's also I, there's also like a little bit of patience and forgiveness when when you're kind of younger. I think um, you need to kind of see things, process it, and then grow as a human being to kind of appreciate what's actually happening, both intellectually to 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 process what's happening, and then emotionally think about how you're contributing to the problems. So like it's not something that people would immediately experience on say like the first time they're, they're sort of seeing poverty. It's kind of like when you see a problem for the first time, sometimes you can identify the problem, but you don't immediately have like a solution or like, um, you know, sort of a, an emotional sort of understanding of, of the situation. 
Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful point. It's really fair. Mm. Yeah, so, that's awesome. but then there's yeah, there's also the other side of it where you've seen enough of it, you know that it's bad, you know how you can fix it, but you choose not to do anything about it as well. Mm. So, that's yeah, that's questionable morals, right? Yeah, um, it's 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 a difficult topic though. It's kind of like um, you know how and I think we've discussed it a little bit, and even um, as I get older, it's still something that. I need to give more thought around is how do you how do you give without feeling like you need to know where uh, where it's kind of going so like let's say if you see someone homeless on the side of the road or or you see someone who, who's less than like how do you decide how much to give when to give and how often to give right and who to give to mm-hmm. it's it's kind of um it's kind of trying to like what was the point that Dylan made around the ROI, like uh, effective altruism? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, effective altruism is what you're touching on there. It's kind of the example to highlight what what it kind of means is: is it more beneficial to uh, donate forty thousand dollars, which is the cost of a seam eye dog in a first world country, or is it more beneficial to use that same dollar figure and put it into a first, a third world country and you can cure thousands and thousands of people of um, blindness. Mm. You know, so it's, it's kind of some, to me, I think the example there is really, really easy to kind of, I mean, maybe understand which way we kind of shift yeah you know obviously you know the first world person has you know is is blind and you know needs assistance absolutely Mm. but if we can cure thousands and thousands of people of blindness just by a pill or extra nutrients you know the ideas that can come from those people now you know the you know the potential roi of the world from Mm you know, their kind of contributions is significantly better and higher. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, I, mean, I think like adding... Yeah, I think I think like adding to that, um, for for anyone who's kind of listening and like, you know, as, as you're kind of hearing us talk about uh, the topic of um, giving and, and altruism, I think the first step, um, if you don't have the financial means to give, is to first just take enough curiosity, have the curiosity and take have enough care to learn more about the problem and actually mm. say like with the homeless person, you might actually start a conversation. You're not going to necessarily, you know, give them money, but you, you kind of understand what the problem is. Um, you know, you'll go overseas and you, you'll actually try to understand where the complexity of the problems, the perspectives what considerations you haven't made and that will at least get you down the path of you know acknowledging the problem rather than like hey i'm just gonna have my holiday and pretend like there's no poverty over there and just enjoy my food and like carry on and have all my experiences and ignore the bad sides and just focus on the stuff that benefits me as the traveler yeah absolutely and it's yeah Uh, we could go we could go deep as hell and one other thing i guess is like you, you know who Sam Alameda is, or Sam Bankman-Fried? Yeah. Uh, have you heard him speak about it before? Um, I, I think 
Yeah, I think I think I, I think I did actually. So was that um, how he's got the thinking of giving as soon as possible as, as as you you can, but then also having like the bigger picture of you know like yeah, trying to make enough like money what? to return. Yeah, Oof. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's I think the um, for people who are not as efficient as him is making money. Yeah. Like the curiosity is like that first step. Yeah, you know, creating curiosity and understanding the problem, and then doing small things like you know maybe world vision, um, you know, I, you know, you can provide education and safety to a kid for fifty dollars a month on there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it's those kind of small acts that uh, create a habit for you eventually. And one of our goals is, as a company's hardcore has done to donate a billion dollars, and individually we we probably have our own as well. Um, it's kind of like that habit building of, okay, one day when I actually do create large amounts of capital for myself, I will give back because a a good point for people is how do you know that once you actually do have the money, you will donate and allocate it in the, in the best places. So Hmm. for me, I want to make sure that I'm kind of already living up to those standards that Hmm. I Except for myself, I, like I can't, I can't do the same as people who have ridiculous amounts of money yet. Hmm. But I want to make it a part of me. I want to pay, you know, that donating part of me. I want to make sure it's already a thing by the time I have decent amount, like large amount of capital. Yeah, that's a really that, good point. That's kind of like a little operational point. Yeah, yeah I think, and I, I think you have to take the ego out of it too. So like, it's not, it it doesn't have to be completely like you know it doesn't have to make you feel good about it you can treat it like business right so you would invest in the best business partners to grow your business so in the same way you're giving you might use your due diligence try to find the best within your knowledge within your network and choose the organizations that you think are going to make the biggest impact and then trust that they're going to do that give your money and you focus on what you're good at and let them focus on what they're good at right so that could be like yeah that's exactly an approach right. of giving as well yeah yeah it's really it's a it's a really really hard thing because I, I think um a while ago we, we obviously people in bali struggling right now due to corona and you know we have a lot of friends in bali and one of our friends um you know we ran a little gofundme for him yeah uh you know, and we raised a, you know, not nothing crazy, a small amount of capital, but obviously the power of dollar over there in Bali is considerably uh, more impactful. So it helped him out for a while, which, you know, felt good. But uh, if you go into the GoFundMe page, dude, there's stories on there that are heartbreaking. Mm. Like it would cost the amount of money to actually help out or donate to, you know, a small amount to every single one of those causes is millions upon millions. I'll add up real quick. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, so many people struggling and so many people in pain, so many people hurting. It, it, it is a hard conversation, a hard reality to come to that there is always someone struggling and hurting more. Yeah. But doesn't have the opportunity to fix it. Mm. So, you know, there's people, there's people in these, uh, like Mozambique and uh, like these, you know, really poor African countries and some of the poorest in the world that they don't have, um, they, they might not have access to internet. They might not have access to education. They don't have an opportunity to even raise themselves some money or try and get out of the situation they're in. 
Yeah. So I find it kind of our job um, and, you know, a standard that we have to hold ourselves to. It's our kind of um, duty to help those people who don't even have the opportunity to help themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really point, uh, uh, like a really impactful point of effective altruism Yeah. as well as, you know, allocating it correctly. Hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I've got, I've got something. It's a little bit, uh, kind of different. Yeah. But, um, you know, we will both, we will both say involved in the whole Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world. We still are. Yeah. Um, we've obviously gone through journeys in 2017 and all the rest of them. And maybe you had a few crashes previous because what's up? What year did you start? Uh, mid 2016. So yeah. Be- oh, similar. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar. So I think I wanted to talk about like time-based opportunities. Yeah. Cause I think if you're lucky enough to be, you know, in this internet age, you have an opportunity to, you know, uh, kind of maximize, I mean, your potential through that, but you also, if you have the awareness to, to spot things, spot opportunities like Bitcoin, that was arguably still is a time-based opportunity, especially back in 2016 and 17. That's when we started grinding to make sure we got the capital and try and invest it into, you know, that asset as much as we could to give ourselves a head start when it comes to the financial side of things. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess the question is, is it, you obviously recognized on your own a time-based opportunity in Bitcoin. Yeah. I guess, how did you see that? And why did you think, not necessarily why was Bitcoin so important, but why did you allocate so much time to that kind of opportunity? And why did you take it so serious? Because I feel a lot of people see opportunities and they go, oh, it's not for me. I didn't, I won't do that one. Or I didn't, that's not, that's not something that I need to kind of address. Hmm. But a lot of the times it's kind of that different, uh, kind of thought pattern of like, well, maybe I can address this. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can have a look at this. And, you know, it, it can, uh, if, if you take those time-based opportunities seriously, it can give you a head start in whatever, you know, field they're in, especially monetarily. Yeah. So, so my, my message there or, or piece of advice to someone younger on, on that topic would be around the, you know, actually take the time to look into opportunities as they present themselves to you, particularly if they're in your, your circle of competence, right? So if you're really interested, like we were interested in, in, in technology, right? And finances and how this could, um, potentially disrupt the way things, things are going, um, then it's almost your responsibility to, um, invest your time to understand the opportunities that come from investing in that particular thing, both financially and, and the actual implications socially and, and the implications of what if it becomes widely adopted or, or like, does it have the potential to change the way, you know, consumers and people and like society operates, right? So the way I sort of approached it in 2016, because like, you know, there was a big element of like, hey, this is just a hot tip. This is a bit of a gamble. This is a bit of a like a, an opportunity but like it still wasn't clear what what exactly it is right so it's first figuring out where you're getting the opportunity from 
So is it from a reliable source? If it is a reliable source and you trust that person enough and they've got a track record of providing you good advice, then invest the small amount enough, the, the, uh, invest an amount that is large enough that your invest your your um you're committed to finding and learning out what that opportunity is so big thing for bitcoin it's funny like if you have no money invested in it you start to ignore and filter out the information even when it comes up time and time again you have a thousand dollars in there even though like you know or or five hundred dollars whatever it is small amount suddenly you you actually care your mind has gone wait you've put money into this it's stupid of you to ignore it if you don't invest so like your psychology changes as you're as you've got your feet in the door um and then i think like for me personally that that amount was um was probably the equivalent of like maybe like 10 percent of, of what i had at the time which which i I was eager to spend because I, I'd saved up money and I, I sort of learned that I didn't want to hold just cash and savings. I wanted to invest it. And, you know, I saw the potential in it and I thought this was a good um, area to potentially put a small amount of money and learn about it. Uh, probably put a bit more than I should have <laughs> um, because it was literally, I remember my friend came to me and it wasn't Bitcoin specifically, it was another coin called Waves. Um, and my friend, yeah, my friend basically just said, Hey, look, I'm pretty certain this thing is going to double in the next like, uh, three to four months, six months max. Um, I think you should put, you know, as much as you can on it. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'll put a little bit, but I don't know. And I ended up putting like enough in there that I was just like, fuck, I'm going to lose a bunch of money here. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that, but that was enough for me to go wait i've put a lot of money into this i should probably find out what it's about so like mm. most most people spend too much time especially when you're younger spend too much time learning about the opportunity before they put any money in my advice would be to put a small enough amount of money that it's more than like going out to a restaurant but it's enough for you to go hey i, I, I need to know more about this is it like yeah is that I think sort the, of making sense? the principle yeah. there is skin in the game right yeah yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah, probably have, have, to, have yeah. to have skin in the game. Simple. If you don't have skin in the game, like like you're saying, that's yeah. Just if you need to know more about skin in the game, you know, look it up because it's, it's wildly, it's incredibly important. But yeah, Mark, you just did a really good way of breaking that down. Then hmm. skin in the game is yeah, it gives you that kind of sense of oh shit, I need to be aware of what's going on here. <laughs> And and having having that sort of learner mindset, that kind of like, hey, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna put money where my mouth is. It forces you to start looking for more of those opportunities. Whereas if you're kind of someone that's like, you know, I, like you hear it from your friends all the time that they haven't gotten into investing. They're like, ah, oh, I, I knew I should have got into AMD. Ah, oh, I knew I should have got into Nvidia. Oh, I knew I should have got into Apple, yeah. And you're like, what do you mean? You can still get into it now. Like, yeah, no. And, and they'll like, say oh, that same thing about the next big thing and the big thing after yeah. that. How many po I see so many posts like, oh, if I bought Bitcoin at like $100, I bought $1,000 worth of $100 would be worth this much amount of money. Yeah. And then the bottom line is, yeah, but you didn't. 
Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to talk shit, like, you, you need to have skin in the game to be able to actually have an opinion on anything. Yeah. Especially you know, when it comes to investing, like allocating capital is the way we tell our story. Yeah. So by not allocating it, you're essentially saying, well, I don't actually believe in it. Yeah. If you go, oh, I believe in Bitcoin and then you allocate capital to it, you got skin in the game, which means the story you're telling is the same as your actions. Yeah. So yeah. I think what you're touching on there kind of actually leads to, we've been leading into each other one thing. It's good. Good. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one I had was, you know, be inquisitive and be curious at all times. Yeah. That's so, yeah, when you're, when you're young, you can potentially, you know, someone can give you a compliment and you're good at this specific skill and you'll just pigeonhole yourself to that. Be mm -hmm. curious and be inquisitive about everything and fall in love with learning. Yeah. You know, your opportunities, uh, like opportunities open, the doors open, you know, when you know little things about anything and you can impress by being inquisitive and by, sorry, by uh, understanding a little bit about everything, you know, and that's, like I said previously, that's one of the things that drew me to Dylan is he knew a little about everything because he's wildly inquisitive. Mm. You know, don't lose, when you're a kid, everyone's like that. Everyone wants to find a little about everything, wants to get hands in every single little cookie jar, wants to understand exactly what's going on with every little nook and cranny. You know, don't lose that as, uh, you know, as you grow up. Yeah, but I think that's... It's, it's not a bad thing. It's really good thing yeah yeah I, th I think um a child ha doesn't have like scars and it do they don't have like kind of you know people telling them hey that's a waste of time and you know yeah. you shouldn't yeah and, and i think like kids have that curiosity and like as you know they sort of um they age and then, like you become adults and you know you start you know shutting down that creativity you start shutting down that curiosity because you think it doesn't serve you, but it's it's quite the opposite. Um, Absolutely, gives you gives you opportunities for sure. Yeah, you think about like as a development kind of or like a growth kind of metric. Like kids grow hmm. not just physically, mentally. The amount they consume between the ages of I don't know one and eighteen, they consume ridiculous amounts of information, and they take everything in. Maybe it's not 18, maybe it's like, the, you know, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. You know, the, the amount they know and the amount they learn just through curiosity and inquisitiveness mm. in such a short amount of time, it's like, how do we get to 16, 17, 18, 19, maybe even 20 if you're lucky, uh, maybe even if it's after school, you know, yeah. you finish school, you stop learning and you don't develop past that. How many 50-year-olds, like, this is not, you know, this is true. How many 50 year olds that know that just have not learned a single thing after other than, you know, the specific field that they work in. Yeah. Like they don't know any other skills. Like it's heartbreaking because that inquisitive and that curiosity will lead to you know, all the things that we preach, you know, financial freedom of happiness and peace of everything. Like it's, mm. it's, yeah. yeah, I think, I think it's a bit of a generalization, but it's, it's definitely true. Like it's just yeah. as you, as you get older, you get um, your your understanding or or like the way you define things becomes more rigid. So you mm. become kind of you know this is the way things are, and you become less open to things generally. So it's kind of like a muscle. You need to keep working it out, right? Yeah. Um, and I think like you know your advice to 
to to younger people um or, or your message generally is to 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 be more curious to be more inquisitive um and to be more creative and i think that speaks to mindset speaks to kind of like the macro if we were to go a bit more granular and more more like you know um like more more tactical like sort of like actionable points what what are some things you think um you could tell someone younger um that they could do you know tomorrow to to sort of be more curious i think um one thing i learned for, i think it was naval is when it comes to reading read what you love first and then fall in love with reading I love that. I think it's something something along the lines of that quote, right? So yeah, everyone has a passion that they're interested about. Like you'd find you'd be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't. What you're passionate about, read more about it. Be more curious about it. Try and understand every little detail about it, and then you fall in love with actually learning about something, hmm. and then you move on to different things that interest you, and so on. Like. The, the, one of the most important things I, I was ever taught is you know, you know, read a book a week or read as much as you can. Mm. And it doesn't have to just come from reading. You can watch videos. We have YouTube now. We're incredibly lucky where there's articles on the on the, on the the internet. You can get book summaries you know, on YouTube. You, you, you can you know, download Audible. It can you know, play, the, play the audio book back to you, which is what I do. Mm. Um, but if you, even if you're scrolling on Facebook sometimes... Scroll on Facebook, you see something that interests you. Mm. Don't just read the headline and go past it. Mm. Try and find out as much information as you can about it or at least be able to hold yourself in a conversation about it. So yeah. if someone asks you, hey, what do you know about any random topic? You may actually know something about it because you saw a headline one day and you read an article. Now, don't mm. come off as I'm an expert about this because you're quite obviously not. <laughs> Become mastery takes 10,000 hours and unless you spend 10,000 hours on something, you're quite simple and not a master. But your curiosity, your inquisitive nature, you know, can come across as just that kind of person who is curious about everything, you know, wants mm. to learn more. It's more of a brainstorming session when you're, you know a little bit about something. It's more of a conversation similar to what we're having now. Like I'm not teaching you anything, and you're you're like, I'm probably not teaching you anything, I no. know, and you're teaching me some things. So yeah. it's like, it's not about sometimes like saying everything you know. Sometimes it's just about conversation and being curious. And mm. you know, you have the personality that we've already spoken about, where you turn into a journalist immediately, and that's a credit to you because you're at your you know ripe old age of 30 <laughs> 30 yeah. <laughs> <Right>. you're, <laughs> so your feelings, I'm you're ripe old age of 30 you're incredibly inquisitive and you're incredibly curious i think i think you touched on a really like important um, and key thing right at the start around starting with what you're 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 already gravitating towards so if your your thing is cars or your thing is um, finances or your thing is photography whatever your hobby or interest is start with the knowledge you know look at information and then try to figure out what questions you still have after you've read that or digested that piece of information and be clear on the question that you have so then you can find the next piece of content or the next thing that answers the question and then 
that's going to create a bit of a cycle. You know, I've learned this thing. What question do I have from that? You find the next piece of article that, you know, answers that question and you're going around and, and suddenly you're like going down the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> you know, you go, you're going real down the, the rabbit hole. <laughs> down the goddamn rabbit hole, yeah. yeah. I think um, Interesting topic. where it applies to kind of like our investing background and financial kind of literacy background is yeah. sometimes it's hard to like kind of um, match, match the dots of why that would be necessary. But, you know, being curious and inquisitive and learning what you love first and then loving learning yeah. What the goal is, the goal of, I mean, everyone has a different goal in life, but you know, one macro goal that we can all agree on is happiness, hmm. you know, and the things that you like doing create happiness for yourself. So where it kind of ties in is you want to be able to create more time for yourself so you can do more of those things. Yeah. 